0: This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another awesome Monday. As usual, uh, every Monday we meet and we sit down to discuss a few things about markets. What we always do on Monday is we talk about what's moving markets, what's happening, how markets have opened and technically how we expect um, the markets to really perform over the next uh, few days, uh, mostly within the week. We usually just have a one week outlook and at times we could get to a long term outlook as well. So. Today, um, we're talking about what's really happening on the market, what's really happening on various asset classes within, uh, not only within um, within the region, but also within the country. Our major focus, as usual, on Monday, it's always the Nairobi Securities Exchange. So stay tuned as we start this awesome session. Uh, joining me, as usual, is our analyst, uh, resident analyst, and I'll just let him introduce himself for those of you who are new here.
1: Uh, Hi, good morning everyone, my name is Davis Kadinji and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Yeah, looking forward to the session today. All right, awesome Davis, Uh, thanks a lot. Let's
0: just um, start it up with where we left on Friday, talking about markets as usual. It's Monday, so we definitely have to look onto markets. When we're looking on markets and we're looking on the performance of the local market we always want to first really understand the general performance of the market and um, in case you're wondering guys there are a lot of buds where we are they're here they're here as well as usual always trying to invest as well uh, probably investing their time and seeing if they can make some few shares of, of, of the market so if birds are here and they're listening so you should too. Uh, so Davis look at look looking at it from the market last year we saw the last week sorry not last year last week we saw the All share index uh, gain about 2.14 percent you know usually the All share index of the nse is usually seen as a benchmark performance of the entire market Um, do you think that this is something that was expected do you think there's a positive sentiment that is returning to markets or what really would you say to that
1: Um, sentiments seem to be the same week in and week out to be honest Uh, we really are looking for what is that thing called? Something to stimulate the market, in a sense. Um, we've seen foreign outflows continue. The same as last year, Q1 has, al- has, also be a lot- has also had a lot of foreign outflows. Of course, foreigners are the ones who dominate our market, and that is seemingly continuing, which is um, discouraging. Uh, we've seen something happen, actually, I think this morning, or the news that has come in, that the CMA is hoping to reduce... Or the regulator is hoping to reduce listing fees for companies be it, you know, we've been told that story I think since 2017. Yeah. So hoping that will materialize, it will increase the number of IPOs happening in our country and that will stimulate things. However, there's also risk going forward which may actually drive more and more people away from the market. And we discussed this on Friday, the changes that are happening to uh, our laws which may lead to increased costs. You know, they may bring back capital gains tax of roughly 5% in the equity market, and that will see a major sell off. We're hoping that that doesn't happen and that more incentives are created such that market volume and for- foreigners may come back into the market at least to provide that necessary liquidity and the like. Yeah, but we really have been in a bear for quite a while. It is uh, unfortunate. Um, really looking for something to stimulate, to, to act as a trigger of sorts. that will kick-start the market, if you will, going forward. Of course, there are numerous risks that are faced, such as political risks with the elections coming in next year, Um, the effects of COVID are still being felt, and those are being seen on company financials, of course, except, uh, okay, both good and bad, some positive, some negative, but this still hasn't been enough to drive the market, you know, to create a bull, if you will. Yeah, so I think I think it's going to be very long before we really
0: get a full, uh, fully activated bull uh, market because you know, Davis, it doesn't really. The market sentiment doesn't need to be up for just one week before we declare it um, a bull market. It actually needs to be up consistently for about six months before the market fully hits a bull, a bull, a bull run. Mm.
1: But the psychological level is how
0: much? Like three, is it three 4,000? For, for the NSC, should be around, I think, okay, honestly, um, right now we're just praying for 2,000 because, you know, uh, the 20 share index, I think, has been below 2,000 for from around March last year, yeah uh, March 2020. It's, it's very interesting and it's very sad because initially it used to be 3,000, then now we are back to where it was back to 2,800. And now we're here. The psychological level is we're at 18, 1800, 18, 1800 and 1866 yeah. uh, basis points. So maybe we just need to look at if, if the market could really move to about 2000, I'm sure some gains would really be um, interesting to really look at Davies. It's very interesting. But then one thing that really caught my eye um, during last, last week's trading was the overall market sentiments. Um, the all share index was actually up. Yeah. Uh, the 25 share index was up as well, about 1%, the 25, but the 20 share index was down again. Uh, I don't know what's really happening. It's usually very, um, it's it's slowly becoming a challenge onto investors on the market. And you know, most investors are always looking on on, on the 20 share index, which is more of a price-weighted um, index on, on the market. Uh, investors are always looking onto this, and, and it seems like, The 20 share index having a hit during the week might have been a cause of concern, but I think it's also because a few companies like um, KCB closed their books uh, the previous week with the week before. That was on Friday. So KCB was trading ex-dividend on Monday. KCB was one of the largest um, in the banking sector. KCB, I think, is one of the companies that went down. KCB was down about 3.2 percent during the week so i think that was something for guys who might have been wondering why that would have really been a major cause. but what really caught my eye and what i would really want to bring to guys was davis can you imagine mm. the market turnover for the nse was at um, 2.4 billion oh. and safaricom did 79 <laughs> percent
1: of market
0: turnover for the whole week
1: yeah, that is so
0: high
1: like Okay, it's it's kind of discouraging, you know. It's, it's very discouraging. Because honestly, we need <laughs> more. I remember seeing a post recently of how much Safaricom is paying in taxes, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the billions, of course. Someone yeah. commented, "What if we had thousands of Safaricom? What if we had an enabling environment to create such companies to have more IPOs, um, have more incentive for companies to list, such that the liquidity is spread out in a sense, you know?" Now. Like, you it's know, like you come into a market to just invest in safari Com, unfortunately. You know, like this is 80%. Usually, if you get
0: in a diversified portfolio, you always need to get about, uh, you need to spread your portfolio to 80% of the companies that are between 60 to 80% mm. of listed companies on, on an exchange so that you can have your portfolio termed as diversified. But it's weird that if Safcom is already doing 80%,
1: Seventy nine. So <laughs> imagine. And now you... <laughs> imagine. Imagine if the share price climbs to fifty. Like, let's say they get the telco license. Yeah. And they start expansion. there The share price rallies to fifty. They control almost ninety percent of the market. You know. And and
0: I think this is it's getting somewhere where it's slightly becoming a bit of a risk, as much as it's a good thing. Because, you remember when um, KCB uh, and NBK were to announce the deal, where where KCB was now buying NBK, yeah. and that morning from around the morning from market open all the way to around I think 11 p.m. 11 a.m. The market was... Uh, the NSC had suspended trading on both KCB and NBK until the release of that information. So I'm just wondering if we get uh, such news for Safaricom and Safcom is suspended from trading, uh, even if it's for just one day or even if it's for a few hours, does it mean that we're going to see less than even a million in terms of turnover? Because I'm very sure with this level of risk, if somebody would invest in Safcom and then guys hear that Safcom has been suspended for trading because there's some material announcement coming in, yeah. you know, guys would actually shy off the, all the other stocks. Yeah, yeah the you know, who the stock would market. want to trade the other the other stocks? So let's see what CMA would would do. But you know, it's not really just about CMA giving guys um, lower listing fees, but it's also about um, the enabling environment, just as you've mentioned.
1: Yeah, like lowering trading costs. Yeah, and such, everything. Such
0: we really need to have a, a business environment. I'm seeing yesterday that um, Tanzania, the incoming, the new president of Tanzania, uh, Samia, has actually, her excellency, Samia Suluhu, has said that um, she'll be pushing to reduce a few taxes, um, some of them including the income tax to 8%. Oh, wow. We were talking about Tanzania having the VAT at 18%, mm. and, and and I know she said that she's proposing for a few raft measures when it comes to the tax area within the country. So I'm really hoping that this is something that other countries will be able to look at. Um, rather than us always looking at taxes going up, at times it, you can just always bring them down uh, okay. so that we can have a, a lot of... Uh, companies, individuals, whenever we have an enabling environment, everything else will literally fall into place, I believe.
1: Yeah, the, the problem, I believe, is the government sees we can't actually afford to do that, unfortunately, because our interest expenses are so high. The amount we're paying on debt and pensions alone next year, I think will take up roughly 80 to 90 perc- This is coming year will take up 80 to 90 percent of revenues. So we have to borrow more. Borrowing more means more debt. More debt means more taxes because someone has to pay these things. It really is unfortunate. Yeah, is it is it is it is it always like should
0: it always be just <laughs> negative news when it comes to the taxes within this government? So it's something that's very interesting. But we'll be able to just have a look. Um, we'll we'll just have a look, a wider look, and just hope that things turn out to be uh, fairly interesting. So that's one thing that we still really hope that we'll we'll be able to come out even at the end of this um the entire period yeah so also looking at it from another angle um, i'm just looking right now and for those of you who are wondering you can always be able to get this data uh on on hisa so i'm just checking on the market on what um how safaricom is actually trading at the moment so safcom has opened um it's already up about 0.1 percent uh, in market activity And I'm seeing that, um, and for those of you who aren't, Safcom closed last week at, um, let me just confirm the price. Safcom closed the week at 40 shillings and 35 cents. And right now we are here. And just checking on the market, uh, demand is still very high. Demand is at um, 40 shillings and 30 cents. Uh, We're seeing about 729,000 in demand. And we are seeing supply of about... um, supply is just less about three hundred and eighty-seven thousand. so i don't know but guys seems to it's
1: like every week yes. it's just going to an all-time high yeah because guys still want to buy um, yeah and it's interesting you remember at 19 i think we're being told safcom was overvalued now <laughs> at 40 it's been overvalued since it was 15 so <laughs> we we're still here
0: we we this is the time when you'd bring in a challenge uh, i was just seeing somewhere where someone had shared a post about um about about uh, a comment that someone had made about the smartphone and he said like phones which which don't have buttons was it the nokia ceo or who was that so i i feel i feel that's one thing that um guys would really look into you'd now just want to ask guys it's like davis over the weekend i don't know if you saw that post that was shared um about uh, ensuring in insuring SpaceX, what, what Warren Buffett actually said, mm. insuring um, SpaceX rockets and there's one CEO who said that he wouldn't actually insure, he said like that's out of the topic. Mm. And then Warren Buffett said um, it would really have how much, it would really be interesting just to see on, on, on the insurance value would go up depending on the occupants. Because um, if Elon would be in, uh, in 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 the in the rocket, then he would actually in the in the spacecraft, he'd would, he'd would rate the premiums way higher. Yeah. So people usually think on this on different levels. So even when Safcom guys have always thought it's overvalued, um, and I know there's a time when we had a discussion with um, with a very uh, with a gentleman known as uh, William William Momanya. I know you know him. Yeah. Uh, for guys who don't know him, he's also a very awesome analyst. One of these days, we'll definitely have him here on board. Um, we were having a discussion a year ago with William and we, we actually priced Safcom at about 31 shillings and 50 cents. Mm. At that time, Safcom was trading at around 25. So I know some investors might have bought it. But looking at it from this angle, there are people who said it was overvalued and all that and all that. And I remember when it hit 33, we, we were with him and we were like, this stock is now overvalued because it's already gone past your estimate, which, which was 31.50. Now you're looking at it from another angle. Safcom is not trading. Because I remember some investors who who put in, um, actually sold within that period when it was at 33. Mm. And now guys are seeing Safcom is almost hitting 43. Because their bids at 42, their offers at 42.
1: Yeah. So if the supply is actually at 42, then it means there is... Yeah, it, okay. It depends on how you value a company. Uh, for listeners, there are many ways to value a company. Either you look at it as a value play, or as a growth stock, or literally you're just trading. You're just trading the, the price action. So many a times, the analysis that people tend to default into is value ana- um, what? It's value analysis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> value investing, sorry, eh, I keep on forgetting. Yeah, most guys, most guys. Yeah, proponents of Warren Buffett, because you've seen that it's the most effective, it's had the highest returns. I think it's had 24% compounded annually for 30, 40 years or something. So a thousand invested there, when it started, would now be worth a million or you know, in excess of that right now. So a lot of people are value proponents, but you have to take into account that there are a lot of stocks which are actually growth stocks. You know, you have companies like, uh, what is it, Facebook and Google, and you imagining the immense size and they're growing at, at annual rates of 30% year on year. You get that is an insane amount of growth for a company that is that big, that, that is such a behemoth. And so people rather than value it based on present cash flows, they've already taken that into account, especially in the low interest rate environment, which will drive valuations up. And they're looking forward. So they're looking to the future and seeing, ah, okay, since this thing has been growing at this rate in future, it's likely to even consolidate more. So you've noticed how these big, big players, rather than quote unquote, innovate more, they just gobble (laughs) up the smaller, smaller people. They just uh, assume, you, you know, they just <laughs> accumulate these things and that adds to their growth. Of course, it's bringing antitrust lawsuits and everything, but how these things usually end, is usually a slap on the wrist, unfortunately. So yeah, uh, there are different ways to analyze a company think, and view them and it's all up to you, at your discretion, depending on your risk tolerance, of course, and your age, such such metrics. You know, you can't be 80 and then <laughs> investing in growth stocks and then I you think. still you get <laughs> that thing falls 20% in one day. So you'll catch a heart attack yeah, and die. No, so maybe if you're younger, you have a higher risk tolerance, you have, okay, you have less means in that you have less money to invest, but yeah. you have a higher risk tolerance. And then as you get older, your risk tolerance reduces, and the main aim of your investing is capital allocation. So these are among, all capital preservation, sorry. So these are among the things to consider as you're investing in a particular portfolio and, yeah, among the considerations that you should take seriously. I
0: think, I think it's very interesting. That's a very awesome point, Davis. Um... And I believe when when we get to um, sort of value investing, the younger generation really need to really pick it up as early as possible. Yeah. Um, but also the challenge is most of us really feel um, most of us have a huge challenge really grasping uh, time and just trying to invest and doing valuation. Most people usually love investing. Um, most guys and and I know this is a challenge. Most of us is we like. We want it now and today you know guys yeah I know, I know i know i've had i've had a few sessions with with some of these um with with with, with, with mostly the guys in, in universities and you find people telling you um the theory for and buffett no longer applies uh, nowadays they want to buy something today and they want to get into something today tomorrow you want to buy Safcom today at 30 it goes at 40 but anyway
1: yeah, but that's, yeah, ten percent uh, returns. Ten you know, that's that's really is unsustainable. You know. Yeah. What's there's what that saying, what comes um easy doesn't last, and what comes, wait, eh, okay, I've forgotten the saying. Anyway, what comes easy da- doesn't last, <laughs> and what lasts doesn't come easy. You know. see so for good and solid companies, they. Mm-hmm what, for value to be unlocked, it's over longer periods of time. Unfortunately, especially because of social media nowadays, people just see these rocket ship emoji, oh, I made 10x returns on CGBT investment. You're forgetting that 90% of people are actually losing money. Actually, 90%,
0: what people don't know, and I I think I mentioned this last time, that for retail investors, 90% of retail investors usually, they don't do their research, they always buy because of the hype, and 90% of them always lose money. 90% 90% at almost all times. You can buy a stock today. You've sold Safcom, and then you buy another co- company because you think it's going to go up as well. You lose. You, st- you exit again because you're losing money. You buy another one, you lose. So that's usually one thing, because guys don't really take time to do this research. But and then
1: when you, when you exit a position, is when the stock's starts going up. <laughs> hey, that's where you invest for the long run. Because oh, shorter, not to at you be like against traders. Of course there are those traders who make money, albeit well, statistically a lot lose money. That's the, that's the thing we're cognizant of. So you really have to take these things into consideration, also why it is that you're investing. Are you investing for quick gains? You have to know that this is difficult. Like imagine there's a team of um, fund managers, analysts all over the world. They have teams that are doing constant analysis. They're looking at across sectors, across industries, every single thing. Like, what is the edge that you have that's going to defeat them? You know, that's why Warren Buffett says it's better to uh, invest in the index. You're unlikely to beat the index, uh, the S&P 500, for example, because at the end of the day, uh, it really is hard to be a good stock picker. You get, like, I'm in, I made my money, I've gotten out. It's better to invest with the whole market, because the whole market moves with the whole economy, and the economy over time tends to go up, in a sense, yeah.
0: Something that's very interesting, Davies. I guess we've really had a lot of discussion on the telecommunication sector. Mm. Um, I know Jackson usually has a few uh, reservations whenever we talk about the telecommunication sector. Um, I don't know, Jackson, you'd want to chip in something when on the SAFCOM thing? The SAFCOM actually took about, I know you were not in, but SAFCOM took about 80, 79% of the market activity last week. Uh, you'd want to say something on that?
1: he may not be
0: thus all right okay uh, maybe Eric Jackson is not into he's not able to really say something but um, I guess I guess maybe that's one thing that we'll be able to look into davis looking on the banking sector last week um banking sector only accounted for sixteen percent of the week's um activity so usually what what I usually say is if you're into a bank and you have SAFCOM shares I think that's enough because Look at it from this angle. Safcom took 16 um, 79%. The banking sector took around um, 16%. So technically, yeah,
1: you already diversified. Any you, you, you
0: have you've <laughs> diversified the portfolio. There's nothing because it's like 95% of the market activity was really done by just two sectors. And my, my major concern is the the stocks that are in the manufacturing and allied seg, uh, sector of the NSE. That's BAT. Uh, EABL that are usually considered as, as some of the blue chip um companies, they really don't have a lot of um turnover unless they're moved by, by, by in, in, in higher margins. My my main my primary concern would be is there a way that the NSE and maybe these companies bringing bring it all again with CMA is there a way that they can be able to really have um probably these companies to because this is where fractional trading really comes in very important. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because companies like BAT, BAT is considered a blue chip company. But it only moves about, um, like last week, the whole of the week, BAT only moved with 47,000 shares. Yes, that's 21 million worth of value. But comparing that to all these other companies, yeah. even Britam, companies like Britam were actually moving um, higher than Yeah,
1: actually, one of the highest risks in our market is liquidity. So, for those who hold smaller portfolios, you may not understand it or be fully cognizant of this fact. But as your portfolio grows and you have more money, you'll see the difficulty in entering and exiting a position. You know, because you may find like, I don't know, um, was it Bok a while back? For you to, let's say you put an order for... Uh, let's say a hundred thousand shares, so maybe a' trading sixty that's six millions You know that order will take a month to be filled. you get so you're just waiting a whole month in the way uh for your trade to be executed and the like, or alternatively, if you want to i guess do it quote unquote quicker, you just buy at higher higher prices. We really need ways to increase liquidity in these markets as I feel that will um increase investor at least investor yeah yeah. And maybe fractional trading should be something that's considered. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, I know that's one thing that the HISA team has been working on, and we hope that um, we'll be able to CMA will will let uh, will give approval one day, sooner or later. It might not be today, might not be tomorrow, but definitely at HISA we've been we've been working to uh, we we, we've been working, and we hope that uh, we'll be able to make applications to CMA to allow. Um, fractional trading through the hisa uh, platform
1: yeah, that's amazing But for those who may not understand in the nsc you can trade the you trade what shares in hundreds yeah, in hundreds in hundreds. It's huge yeah so a fractional <laughs> trade would be like let's say you trade one share or, a, yeah, like, or 0.5 of a share yeah. Yeah. like you see yeah.
0: instead of you buying um 100 shares for BAT, it's a good company but it trad- it's trading at about 453 shillings Bt has also declined. I remember days when BAT was at 800. Yeah. Hmm. This market has taken a hit. But if, if Bt is trading at 453 and you can be able to just bulk in a few guys, even if you are to go and hit the market at 100, but you can get like, say, six or seven orders for the odd lot market and you bulk it into 100 and sell it and, and probably buy it, I think that would be something interesting um something that we hopefully even if it's not us who we'll definitely bring it through hisa but we hope that um the nsc and cma would one day allow for trading of these um fractional shares davis generally uh, what would be your outlook this week uh already we've seen Safcom is still continuing the rise um Guys, uh, checking on markets right now, I'm just checking again on HISA. I'm a little bit excited. I'm always a Home Africa fan, uh, one way or another.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. I usually forget that that company still trades well. Yeah. Huh?
0: Home Africa has, um, has moved about 26,900 shares today. Uh, the market cap of Home Africa is 170 million. So, in case. Oh, Uchumi's market cap is lower at about 98 million. So, if you have 98 million, you can come in and buy. Uh, all the listed shares for yeah,
1: you can buy the entire company, I mean, but what it. are you buying? You're buying nothing, you're just buying <laughs> Wait, the name, you buy, okay? You're buying the brand, I guess. So that's in an intangible asset, even the, even the brand
0: for Uchumi. Does Uchumi still have a brand? Uh,
1: questions <laughs> to,
0: to ponder <laughs> to, to be a hard one, but let's see. Um, on the sad bit, I'm seeing um, Britam, uh, Holdings is Holdings is on the decline again, another extension uh, from last week. Britain is down. Uh, 9 shillings and 20 cents and uh, 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 sorry not nine shillings and 20 cents 9.2 percent oh for real what? yeah trading at about six shillings and um 12 cents for the day
1: what's the volume on that uh volume for britain let me just check on that just give me a sec because actually when the market opened i think after the results they dropped yeah it, 15%, it, it, but, it was down so yeah, so
0: looking at britain as well coming down today um i think it's a major Cost for lamb yeah. britain has ah, a volume is still small it's only 700 ah. shares that have traded <laughs>
1: that's that's uh, that's barely barely anything really if it was in the hundreds of thousands that's the hundreds, yeah that would be something, something of concern. <laughs> but to be honest hey, britain after listening to the management call and i think we discussed this on friday the future prospects seem bright okay the of course this is not um information to buy or sell any security nor are we liable for your decision to buy or sell any security uh, these are merely our opinions and for educational purposes so they took a really large hit because of how their portfolio is the portfolio is really skewed toward equities when so the equity market as our stock market has been performing poorly they took a large hit on that they're having lots of uh, realizing unrealized losses on what is it fair value properties and the like the main concern of course was their fund their wealth management fund which lost 5 billion sorry, they had to make provisions for 5 billion um, on losses in companies such as Nakumat, Imperial, and Chase Bank. First of all, that was of concern because you'd assume that these provisions were made years ago. It's like Either the old management wasn't cognizant of what what is that happened, or you know, well, yeah,
0: because sure. I think a provision for a company like Nakumat should have been done, and even Imperial should have been done very very long ago.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's an issue of concern, but it's good to see that the new management is cleaning these things up, and they honestly come forward and say, okay, we messed up here. There's a lot of losses, and the reason you know they have the parent company that's. Uh, helping that fund. The fund itself is 28 billion assets under management, while Britain itself has 250 billion. The reason they're helping that fund is because their investors are invested across multiple pools. You'd imagine if one fund collapsed, the run on Britain, that would be their pool, it would just be pulling their money out, which will, of course, reduce investment income because now uh, they have less money to invest and the like. It, w- it would be really... Really, but so it's a good thing that they've provisioned it, that they have a strategy. They had to unveil their 2021 to 2025 strategy, but among the future prospects is that they could be looking for a strategic partner to increase the capital, to boost capital in housing finance, possibly trying to uh, recover, help the bank recover. Because if they were to realize their losses at present, they would realize a... Uh, a loss of roughly 70%, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they bought it, which is quite the haircut, which is quite the loss. But it's, it's good let's... that their core business, yeah. the insurance industry itself, is actually improving. I know globally they did 50% growth year on year, so that's at least one of the driving metrics. The combined ratios are going lower, so combined ratios just means that they're more efficient, to be honest. Because insurance underwriting is really... a are painful business. Losses are mean hence investment income subsidizing. But going forward, it seems that the management team is really optimistic over the the future. We just have to wait and see how it plays out. To be honest. Yeah. Interesting.
0: I don't know if somebody was listening, Davis because I'm seeing Uchumi. <laughs> Uchumi is actually up four uh, percent now from uh, from a, from a flat. Uchumi opened flat, but now I'm seeing it's up four percent don't buy uchumi guys this is my advice to you
1: no no we don't give financial no, advice i'm not giving the... you financial
0: <laughs> advice but this is my my opinion don't buy uchumi because you had it on this uh, podcast don't buy uchumi yeah oh, okay. um, there's a question by
1: ms by the yeah because of the provision okay maybe we can explain it um i think i already have but so essentially they have a wealth management arm okay uh, subsidiary, not a subsidiary, a wealth management arm. This arm ha- has 28 billion in management uh, assets being managed. So apparently, they made losses in Imperial Bank, Nakomat, and Chase Bank. I'm assuming they bought into the notes, uh, the bonds that yeah, these yeah. different companies had issued. And then they didn't make provisions for these losses. So these were actual. Um these are actual losses that were supposed to be realized years ago, but it seems like the, someone was kicking the can down the road. At least that's what we can assume going forward, because management didn't give a lot of information in that particular regard. And so they had to make a very large provision, which is, how much is five pass, 5 billion of 28? That's like, yeah, what? yeah roughly. 20 27 27 20 uh, almost 30 percent that about which is a lot that is a huge loss but if they hadn't done that a lot of people would have moved their money out of britain because they would have uh, realized that loss and multiple people are invested across multiple asset bases so they just took the hit now and are managing that um portfolio they mentioned that it's unlikely that a large section of this will be recovered so when let's say a bank or a company makes a provision for Uh, Let's say non-performing loans or assets and the like They expect the value of this the, The provision compensates for the losses Estimated losses in this particular thing And there's a chance that that particular asset may recover So for example in our banks They've made provisions Uh, what they increased provisions 200 to 300 percent because they expected non-performing loans to increase exponentially but that wasn't the case so going forward in half year and full year financials you'll find that banks will reduce their provisions which will increase net income which will of course increase dividend payouts and the like that's why i'm bullish on banks by the yeah and the like so that's the long and short of it in in many words
0: (laughs) very interesting guys um i don't know if there's something that maybe we might have left out during today's session uh, but we've really had a look on the market. I believe um, this week, maybe what we can really have on the watch, Davis. I don't know what stocks you'd want to have on the watch this week. We can also have um, uh, another discussion on this uh, through the Hisa app. Uh, there's a discussion platform on Hisa, so we're definitely going to start a discussion on this. But for me, this week, I would still be looking on um, on Safaricom. I believe I'm looking on Safcom. I don't know if there's any other. Country. Oh, and Home Africa. <laughs>
1: wow you trade home Africa yeah
0: no okay so guys this is, uh, this is the honest truth I'm not buying I'm, I'm not into home Africa i i have I have three hundred shares for home Africa Home Africa was the first company I ever bought on the n
1: s e yeah you're a market mover on i've Africa. had I've had
0: those three hundred shares they're still down my portfolio. I'm never willing I'm never going to sell them even so, if the company is suspended yeah, so, so your
1: losses would like should be ninety nine percent it's about ninety
0: nine percent so
1: hey, how do you even look at such a thing yeah
0: so home oh, Africa gosh. whenever I listen about i listen to Home Africa it gives me chills cause, <laughs> You see Africa has had changes in in management for a very long time. And every year year, there's a change in management and you're like, ah, this year it's a better one. We're going to see positive changes. The guys who come in, they actually do worse. So um, I'm not saying that the current team for Dan uh, Dan Awendo is is doing bad, but really um, I'm holding, I'm just having it as my portfolio. I think it's something good to have exposure in real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah it's quite, so, quite interesting exposure Yeah, yeah so you're I, I have an exposure in real estate, uh, yeah. somewhere. Uh, so, in, in some would have said Centum, but no, Felix, somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, I I chose that's, into Home Africa because really this amazing. was a very it was an awesome company, Home Africa. It's <laughs> wow. it's a it's a home for Africans you, you in Africa. Into, you bought into the name instead. I bought of into to the, the name. Financials. By the way, when I bought into Home Africa, um, I think I think I was buying it because of the hype of IPOs, where guys buy and it goes up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought the dip and it keeps (laughs) dipping.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Sorry, man. Uh, Anyway, but you you learn from these things. Yeah.
0: So for guys, if you're in Home Africa as well, you can give me a shout out and we can always be able to have this discussion as well. I'm going to open a chat for Home Africa uh, on on, on his app. So if you have any concerns, any questions, something that you feel we can actually raise with the management as a shareholder. Please just uh, download Hisa, you'll go to the discussion forum, check out, um, I think it's going to be one of the latest posts today. Uh, You can just check on Felix and you'll be able to find me there with a tag post for Africa. Uh, Safaricom definitely is on our watch. I know that's something that we're all looking forward to this week and we hope it doesn't get down. Because if Safcom goes down, then the entire market goes down. We don't want the market (laughs) to go down. The index, the 20 share (laughs) index is down. We're already at 1800. We're depending on Safcom. We don't want it to go down but anyway. Actually,
1: year-to-date, the nsc N- N- 25 and the all share have actually been going up, which is, you know, good, in a sense. Um, Things that I'm looking toward this week, okay, I'm not particularly focused on stocks per se. Okay, I'm more of a long-term guy. So, I'm seeing a lot of stocks trading really cheaply. Of course, you have the likes of Barclays, which didn't announce a dividend. You'd imagine going... And the share price has been declining. You imagine that when they reduce their provisions and then they declare dividend, that share price will really rally. Again, this is not investment advice. These are just observations of a person on on a certain podcast. So, <laughs> so, on a certain podcast, guys, remember. <laughs> so just, you know, use wisdom as you look into these things. But things of interest that uh, I know will impact... Um, particular stock prices going forward is first of all, yeah, that when banks reduce their provisions, or at least that's what I estimate. Um, and I estimate it would be as significant as their increases. And then Jubilee, the, the the deal is supposed to close in June. This is May. So, uh, next month, done with Allianz. And so, if they announce, they have ca- a cash inflow of like 7.7 billion about. If they announce a special dividend, if they even pay out 20%, that's in excess of Uh, What, I yield in excess of 10%. So the share price, there should be some action on that. Um, If I were to reckon, uh, I guess, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic, if you will.
0: Yeah, but now, Davis, that you've mentioned ABSA, I know we were on the edge of of ending today's session, but now that you've mentioned ABSA, um, ABSA has really had an oversupply on the market. The only good thing with ABSA that I've really, really loved is um, guys are holding forth on, on ABSA from last week the supply levels and the demand levels remain almost the same but nobody's moving so looks like guys who want to buy a uh, fixed holding fort at the price they want to bid at and the supply side is also very firm at the price they are bidding at they, they, are, they are offering at cause um, right now in the market ABSA is um, demand is at about 52,000 total a bulk of this demand is at um, 8 shillings and 68 cents uh, on the supply bid, on the supply side, we are seeing uh, 380,000, and we are seeing supply. Uh, the highest is uh, 180,000 shares at nine shillings and thirty cents, and also there is one at eight shillings and ninety cents. So the guy, the guy at eight ninety, I think I've seen this guy here, whoever is holding four at eight ninety, continue. That is what Diamond Hands is all about. <laughs> uh, the guy at 890, I think, has been here for about a week now. Uh he's not the the hundred and forty five thousand shares have been there, I think, for the whole the whole of last week. Yeah, so I guys would trade at guys would trade at eight eighty and even eight eighty eight, but nobody would move at eight ninety. So you see how guys are holding fort. The yeah. demand side is what usually fluctuates, sometimes moving all the way down to eight sixty. But still, within those levels, I think ABSA is one of the good companies. That one could actually look into so guys if you're looking on a company to buy do your research on upside if it's a good company you can definitely um jump into it but we're not saying it's a good one we're not saying it's a bad one as usual this is not an investment advice from us here from another podcast uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah among other things that i've seen that are interesting this week is that the treasury is to back infrastructure bonds from four counties, that's Kisumu, Bungoma, Laikipia, and Makueni. eh, ati Makueni, <laughs> Makueni. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I believe this, will, will they trade possibly on the SEC, they'll actually trade on the boss. yeah, I, I
0: don't, boss. Know. I don't oh. know, I don't know, I don't know, there, there are a lot of things we need to look at, Davis, and I know we were having this discussion with you earlier today, with our county governments um, giving us um, IFBs, there will be a little. There will be a few things to look at. Yes, the treasury will be backing um, these counties, but our our county governments rely heavily on on, um, on on the national government for support. My main concern is maybe our county governments should have really really looked fast on to expanding, uh, probably to a high, because uh, they've had ten years to do a lot of stuff, and we've we've, we've not seen a lot being done. They've had about nine years. Mm. If if this if we can work on 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 really increasing the tax revenue and accounting for tax revenue, I think like Kipia has really done that by involving KRA in the tax collection. But if we could see all these other counties really work on that, it would be something very interesting. Yeah, because we really need to. We really honestly, I think even as much as we've seen companies like um, CGR give the Macqueni bond IFB a little bit of a higher rating, I think they give them a. Uh, a B B stable, hmm. uh, so that was a B plus rating. I, I think it was oh, B stable. So,
1: yeah. Uh, let me ask: for each and every county, the rating is different. It's not taking a different. No, I think the I, entirety of Kenya. No,
0: I think it would be totally different. because oh, so because for Makweni was was stable, uh, and I think the main thing that really supported Makweni was the tax collection. The way they've been doing it with KRA, uh, so they're really accounting for as much tax as possible. Makweni is really accounting for. Yeah in most of these other counties, and I know even Nairobi still, Nairobi has tried to involve KRA, mm. but still has a few challenges. Com- ca- counties like Kisumu just started recently to involve KRA. But these are the counties that don't have um, a, a stable revenue collection point, or they don't have a, um, a revenue outlook. Uh, these guys where you find guys, um, you still have collection of taxes being done in cash. Because yeah. um, I know, an, exa- an, an example is, um, I won't hit on a county, but I'll just mention a county like Homa Bay County, where guys still still work to collect taxes. There's a lot of taxes that go unaccounted for. So if a county like that would come and issue a bond, if 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 somebody's from Homa Bay, I'm not hitting on you. I'm just giving an example because I've I've personally done a a bit of research on 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 that county, and I ca- I actually hail from Homa <laughs> Bay course, County, yeah. <laughs> so definitely have to mention it. If a country like that would give us a bond, Davis, mm. I don't know if you guys would invest because if if you're seeing where one year the the revenue is up to about three hundred million, mm. then the next year it's down to eighty two million. What? That's how would they how would they service the interest payment on bonds? That's why the treasury is backing them. But anyway, no, yes, the treasury is backing them. But then, oh man, I th- I think it's still because the government itself. Okay, you know the treasury usually when 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 the treasury is backing. Um, some of these, and even the state-owned corporations, whatever, what what they usually do is, you need to show that you're able to pay it on your own. Yeah. They only come at a point when when you're down, 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 you're not able to. But if, if we're looking at counties and the political side, mostly as we move towards the election period, mm. revenue collection within counties and even the country usually goes down a bit. Yeah. Not because of the election period, but also because of um, what we know usually, what I know usually happens, I'd say I because Davis is not into it, but where we usually see politicians really, we have a lot of corruption uh, and scandals that usually happen during that the election period. Guys want to load as much money as they can so that they can use it for the campaigns.
1: Okay, Who we'll gives clarity at the, you? you know when you're involved. <laughs>
0: okay guys, I don't know that story. Forget about it. I, I didn't say that. I don't know about it. But but what, what, what I assume, um, yeah, I assume is better, right? Yeah. Yeah, what I assume usually happens is guys want to collect as much money. So there's revenue that is hit. And then also during the first year, it's it's very hard to raise because the new governor or the new government, county government, is just trying to really fix in a few things. There's a new regime in place. So it would be every, every if, if they issue, say, a three-year bond, Yeah. Maybe these uh, retail bonds, the small ones like Emma Kiba, something fairly stable. But if they come in and give an IFB, you know, an IFB definitely has to be long term. Yeah. So it will be at least a minimum of ten years or maybe fifteen years. Mm. Does it mean that every time the treasury will have to come and bail out? And you know, like they yes, finally in the long run, the county government will definitely have to pay its debts one yeah. way or another. But are we going to have an issue where they default on 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 payments, um, on interest payments? Maybe like three or four times or at times even they don't default but they're very late those are things that investors really never want to listen to yeah that's
1: that's of concern actually if you're if you're a prospective bond investor please really and diligently look at the revenues for each individual county like never (laughs) i'll always say this and this is actually in benjamin graham's book um that book, the Intelli- it's not the Intelligent Investor, Securities Analysis. Hey, it's a very boring book by the day. It's 800 pages. <laughs> it's boring. As in, it is deep. In its language from the 1930s, but it's solid analysis and everything. So he says that never invest in a bond based on whatever is backing it. Invest rather based on the cash flows. Because ultimately, um, I don't know. I don't know if Kenyan bonds trade like US bonds. So the trading price of a bond, of course, as as it's maturing, it will start trading closer towards par, like a hundred, if you will. So now you'll take care that bonds start trading at huge discounts when the cash flows are limited. In a sense, I'm still not sure if Kenyan bonds tra- trade uh, in a similar way. No, they don't. Man. <laughs> uh, okay, in the U.S. markets, uh, whereas we frequent, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can find a bond really trading at a huge uh, discount or a premium, depending on the cash flows uh, surrounding that bond, depending on the factors surrounding the company and the like. So really investigate the revenues of these particular accounts and see whether they are sustainable going forward, because that's the only way that they can match interest payments um, on the bonds being issued. All right. Very interesting, Davis. I don't know if you have a parting shot. Um,
0: I believe we've had a lot of discussion on market, off market. I believe an investor definitely would have time and just say, this makes this made sense, this didn't make sense. I'm going to discard this, I'm going to use this, and I'll probably back my research before I buy that stock on, on probably X or Y. So that's one thing that I know investors would really be keen to look at.
1: Yeah, um, I just advise people really do your research. Like, there's among things that I've noticed, for example, if you see an analyst report, you see, ah, okay, buy, it's undervalued at this place. Like, it's better if you do your own analysis and can ascertain, like, you have solid reasons as to why you're buying into this company, such that when there are drawdowns, when um, bad news is affecting the company in the short term, you're not tempted to sell out, in a sense. You're investing more because you know in fact you're actually buying more of this company because you know that this is a short-term effect and that the company is likely to recover because you've done your due diligence and you don't need um let's say external factors that are particularly driving you toward making this decision yeah that's what i'd advise people like really really diligently do your own research because it will save you from losing a lot of money especially in the stock market all right. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks a lot, Davis.
0: Um, we're definitely going to start a few discussions on this on Hisa. So you might want to, uh, to download the Hisa app and just sign up, uh, get a few things here and there in place. And then also share your thoughts. If you're investing in Home Africa, definitely. Um, we, we might want to just ask a few things uh, from the company before they release the results, which I don't know, but COVID, yep, they definitely have an excuse. Uh, COVID is definitely going to impact Home Africa. (laughs) They had actually said that in the... Last week, Home Africa released a shareholder notice where they told guys that they would delay in releasing their results.
1: Yeah, that was Home Africa, Crown, and and another one. Yes, Africa Cable. Yeah,
0: cables. cables, So,
1: well, translation, that just means they'll likely announce losses, eh? Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but if Home Africa would move up to about I don't know if I should start averaging down. Um, But that's one thing. That's a story for another You
1: entered at 23. (laughs) Wait, so... Oh, but you know people should know. For you to average down, uh, I think for every loss, you need to buy three times uh, what it is. So, for example, if you bought at... If you bought at what? If you bought a stock at... uh, Let's say it was trading at fifty shillings and then the share price you bought hundred shares at fifty and then the share price dropped to forty. You need to buy three to four times that that initial right. investment no, I'm so not, as to recoup you know I'm not I'm
0: not buying home Africa. That in mind. <laughs> I'm not I'm not buying Home Africa guys and and I'm honestly telling you guys uh, this is not an investment advice but you really need to look into your uh into you just need to look into your you'd really need to do your own research before you get into home Africa. Um in 2013 so in, let me just let me get you guys the data man it's been long <laughs> just I, I want to share with you guys this data before we exit um, home Africa 2015 3 shillings and 70 cents it's been a long time, but guys anyway uh, for those of you who joined us today for those of you who've joined us on Twitter spaces um, you can always be able to feel free and ask questions. Download hisa app. We'll be there. We'll definitely share a recording of this podcast as well later on um, about the market. This week, our watch definitely is on Safaricom. Um, I'll be watching on Africa. Davis is purely watching on the local market and also a bit of the global markets, which we'll be able to have a discussion on. Uh, you can also catch us as well on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. We'll be having a discussion on what's really moving markets, um, local, global, as we uh, discuss the bulls, and bulls, bears, and whiskey um, or at 8.30 p.m. Not 8.30 a.m. guys, 8.30 p.m. Uh, so I guess that's it, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for joining in and have a lovely week ahead. Bye-bye.